goodness, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Wednesday, February 7th, and I am so excited. We got a great podcast planned for today. Before we start, I got to say, um, yesterday we surpassed 400 subscribers on YouTube, and that is so cool and so exciting to me. And that is a testament to you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys, I thank you so much. This is my dream. I love making this podcast. It's really my, my favorite thing in the entire world is sitting in front of a camera talking into a mic about sports. And I am just beside myself. I can't believe it. it it's really cool. We, we, two months ago, in uh, December 22nd, I was excited because I reached 100 subscribers. And we have just kept growing and growing and growing. And we're building this together. And it is so, so exciting. Another note, I got to say... Um, Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2018. Tomorrow is February 8th. And two years ago, on February 8th, 2016, my younger brother died. He took his life. He committed suicide. And uh, first of all, if you're struggling with suicide, if you have any struggles, if you're depressed, anything, please get help because suicide is a big deal. Not enough people talk about it, in my opinion. And it really is a huge, meaningful thing to me. And I really, if you're struggling, find me on social media, do whatever. I will help you. I, I want to prevent suicide from continuing to happen. Uh, but the second thing that's really cool is when my brother died, it, it, sh- it changed everything for me. And, and I stopped. Uh, I, I left college. I stopped playing college football. I left a finance degree behind. And I started making videos and, you know, it's kind of poetic that I've got, I I reached a big milestone two years after my brother died. Uh, It's sad. Obviously I miss my brother, but it's also like, this is my way of honoring him. I do this podcast uh, because him dying made me realize how short life is. And I wanted a job I would enjoy someday. So man, I I just, thank you so much. We made it to 400. Let's keep going. I want to get to a thousand next. I think that'd be really cool. So thank you so much. I just, I love you guys. And I love making this podcast. I want to start with this. Man, I, I really do. Oh, we have a great show. I, it's, uh, it's late. It's much later than I wanted to, but uh, I think it's worth it because I did a lot of prep and I really put a lot into it. And I think uh, it being late, is, is, it's okay because it's a really great show. And I didn't want to rush something out and have it suck. Today's a really awesome podcast. I want to start with this. I am a big fan of Star Wars. Many of you, you may have heard of it. I don't know, maybe. Do you know what Star Wars is? I I like Star Wars a lot. Uh, But you do not need to be a fan of Star Wars to follow this train of thought. George Lucas created Star Wars. And after his first three movies, he was immediately a legend. I mean, this is the guy who created the Star Wars. George Lucas was a legend. And very similarly, Bill Belichick has won five Super Bowls. He's reached legendary status. I mean, when Bill Belichick says something, you listen because he's earned it. Well, on May 19th, 1999, Star Wars The Phantom Menace was released, and it was awful. It was a huge misstep, in my opinion. Now, some people like it. That's fine. Good for you, whatever. Uh, But for example, there was a character named Jar Jar Binks that I cannot stand. I do not like Jar Jar Binks. And in my opinion, this was a ter- and in many, it, this is a widely held belief. This was a terrible decision to have a character Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars franchise. And so, how does this happen? How does George Lucas, a legend like George Lucas, screw up so badly? How does that happen? Nobody told him no. George Lucas was on such a pedestal, the great genius who created Star Wars, that no one challenged him when he said an idea that was like, eh, that's kind of weird. Nobody pushed back. 
Uh, nobody said, mm, you know, Jar Jar Binks isn't a good idea. On Sunday, Bill Belichick left one of his best defensive players on the sideline for the entire game. Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler. And also on Sunday, in the Super Bowl, the Patriots allowed 538 yards of total offense. The Eagles put up 538 total yards of offense on the Patriots. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is the most a Bill Belichick coach team has ever given up. I have always, always, always praised the Patriots for making halftime adjustments. However, in halftime, the halftime of the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick somehow seemed to fail to adjust. I, I don't know. It just seems like you left Malcolm Butler, your starting corner, a great, great football player on the bench. Didn't play him. He only played special teams. That seems like a mistake. I, I don't know. I just think a guy who plays every snap for your defense, you let him play in the Super Bowl. Now, who am I to criticize Bill Belichick? I don't know. But I do know this. I know that nobody told George Lucas that Jar Jar Binks was a bad idea. Malcolm Butler, by the way, has staunchly, has staunchly defended himself. He has said over and over again, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong. He said, he tweeted this out. He said, I didn't go to any concerts. I never missed a curfew. I hung out with my family. And then he thanked the Kraft family, the ownership of the Patriots. And Tom Brady supported him. He, he saw, Tom Brady sent a tweet supporting Malcolm Butler. I believe that benching Malcolm Butler was Bill Belichick's Jar Jar Binks moment. It was a huge misstep. And nobody said, Bill, I don't know why you're doing that. That seems like a mistake. It's important to have pushback. When I, I'm in a class called sports management and I put up, I write pretty controversial papers. I send them to my friends. I want to get their opinion. Hey, am I wrong about this? I want my friends to critique me. If you don't have anyone ever tell you no, you never grow, you never evolve, you never get better. Disagreement is very important. And I find it hard to believe on Sunday, nobody, nobody on the Patriots coaching staff thought, hmm, we're, we're giving up a lot of yards. Bill Belichick, are you maybe wrong? Maybe we should play Malcolm Butler. And, and if they didn't, an even greater concern is if nobody on the Patriots coaching staff said, oh, we should challenge Bill Belichick. If they just assumed about Bill Belichick was right all the time, that's an even greater mistake. Because no, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has lapses in judgment. And I, I think it's possible that Bill Belichick has reached a legendary status, and now nobody is willing to challenge him. Nobody's willing to say, hey, that's a bad idea. I'm just saying, disagreement is important, and it's weird that nobody talked about, hey, hey Malcolm Butler's a great player. Why isn't he playing on Sunday in the Super Bowl when we're doing horrible on defense? I don't know. Food for thought. Nobody challenged George Lucas and said, hey, Jar Jar Banks is a bad idea. And apparently nobody went up to Bill Belichick and said, uh, you know, benching one of our starting corners in the Super Bowl, when you have no reason to even justify it, by the way, you know, that might be a bad idea. For some reason, nobody said that to him. So I, I really think it's possible Bill Belichick has just reached a legendary status and nobody's willing to challenge him. And that is a problem. We have a great show. Oh my goodness. I, I have a great show planned for you guys. We're going to talk more about the Patriots. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, people are saying that the refs screwed over the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 
We'll talk about that. That'll be fun. Also, Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, pulled out of the Colts head coaching job. Interesting. We'll talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. We're going to go in depth. We're going to go really in depth with the 49ers free agency. What should the 49ers do this year in the free agent market? I'm going to talk about the Washington Redskins and Kirk Cousins. We're going to talk about Magic Johnson. The Lakers were just fined for tampering. And we're going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find shorter little clips, my best, most interesting clips, about four or five-minute videos on YouTube. Please tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about it. If you like this podcast as much as I do, which I love it, help me out. Help me grow by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you have an Android phone, please help me because I have no, I put, I, I, you know, Strong Opinion Sports says that it was published to the Google Play Store. My, I got an email say, hey, you're up, you're all, you're all good. However, I can't find it anywhere. And I think it's possible because I have an Apple phone I, and I looked at my computer, by the way, which is also Apple. I like Apple products. And maybe Google's blocked it like it wants me to use a podcast app. I don't know. But Google has confirmed with me. They said that we're up on Google Play. I don't know why. We're still waiting on Spotify, but Google Play and Spotify are on their way. I'm going to take a drink of water. You know, um, we do have a great show. I'm really excited. I want to I wanna start with this. I already said this earlier. Once again, in 2016, my younger brother took his life. He committed suicide. And I dropped out of college. It, it was a weird decision. Nobody really understood why I was doing that. And I was depressed. I shouldn't say nobody understood. Everyone was kind of like, you know, I get it. I get why you would do that. But I dropped out of college and I was working at a car wash. And, and you know, I felt like I'd been through a lot. I felt like I was a mess. And I used my brother's death as a justification. I wanted to stay at this job. I said, you know, I'm struggling. And I really was. I really was. I was depressed. I was struggling. I was having a hard time for obvious reasons. But it became eventually not, no longer a justification for dropping out of college. It became an excuse. It became a, you know, ah, became one of those, like, I don't want to go back. It's an excuse for not getting my life back together. And someone once asked me, you know, if you stay at this car wash for 20 years, when your kids are 10 years old and you can't buy them Christmas presents, what will you say? They said, are you going to tell them, you know, when I was in college, my younger brother died. And so I never gathered myself and I never moved on. I never got my life back together because I was just was hanging on to this one thing. And I could never let it go. Became an excuse. As awful, as brutal as that is, my younger brother's death became an excuse for me to not get my life back together. Now, see, success does not care about your excuses. If rent is due on the first, but you crashed your car and you can't make it, you better figure it out because if, if you don't drive your check to the landlord, it doesn't matter. He's, he's going to evict you. You got to pay rent by the first. Who cares? You got to find a way to get a ride, ask for a friend, do something because your landlord doesn't care. Your landlord wants the rent paid. He doesn't care about your circumstances. You have to find a way to make it happen. Success doesn't care about your pain or your reasons or this or that. Success is not a person. The idea of success rewards productivity. If you want to succeed, you must produce. Call them excuses, reasons, justifications, whatever it is, doesn't matter because none of those things help you pay the rent. People are saying that in the Super Bowl, the Eagles touchdown uh, by Clemens 
was bobbled and it should not have been a touchdown. And they're saying because of that controversial touchdown, the Patriots got screwed out of winning the Super Bowl. And that is an excuse. Right there, that is an excuse. Now, the NFL rule, catch rules do suck. No, nobody, we all agree, the NFL catch rule does need to change. And, and the ball may have been bobbled, but the reality is it was a touchdown. And people are saying, you know, the Patriots should have gotten a penalty on the Hail Mary. Another excuse. Fact. Tom Brady had the ball with time left and a chance to take the lead. Also, fact. Tom Brady fumbled the ball. Tom Brady blew it when he had his opportunity. Hey, that's harsh, but that is true. It really is. I was walking through my school's cafeteria today, and I saw myself on television. It was really cool. I was like, oh, that's me. I work for the football, the basketball team filming games. I saw myself under the basketball court, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, oh, man, I'm on television. And, I, you know, if you know me, you know I really struggle with college. I hate college. Because it forces me to take history classes and guitar class, all these dumb requirements. And I'm like, how does that help me when I'm working professionally? My history class didn't help me when I was filming a game and made it onto television. And that's what I want to do someday. I want to work in television. I want to work in that kind of field. I want to work in a creative field. So even though it bothers me that I have to take classes like that, it doesn't matter because that's my situation. And you have to make the best of whatever situation you are dealt Stop making excuses, no justifications, no reasons, none of that. When you are called upon to deliver, make the best of whatever situation you are in. You must make it happen. Success rewards productivity. And Tom Brady did not deliver when his opportunity came. When, when, the, when the opportunity came knocking, when it called his name, Tom Brady fumbled the ball. So stop making excuses for the Patriots. Stop saying the refs were bad or, you know, the, the replay guy screwed them. No. Regardless of whatever circumstance the Patriots found themselves in on Sunday, what they did find was they had the ball with four minutes left and a chance to take the lead. And what they did not do was take the lead. They blew it. Say whatever you want, but that's a fact. The Patriots had a chance to win and they did not make it happen. Stop making excuses, no justifications, no reasons. Tom Brady did not deliver when the Patriots needed him to. I, I, you know me. I, you know I love Tom Brady. You know Tom Brady's my favorite quarterback of all time. But I can be fair. That's, that's true. Tom Brady had an opportunity, and he blew it. He fumbled the ball. Another interesting story. Oh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, inter it's very interesting to me. The Patriots offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, withdrew his name from the Colts head coaching job. He said he, he did accept the job, it sounds like. And then he said, nah, I'm good. You know what? On second thought, I'm going to stay with the New England Patriots. And man, you know, so, so again, he chose the Patriots offensive coordinator position instead of going to be the next Colts head coach. And people heavily have criticized Josh McDaniel. Oh, they have come after him. People are really, really calling him out there. People in the media, by the way, not, not necessarily general managers, people in the media have been going after Josh McDaniels. Let me, let me pose you a question. If your dad is about to retire, and when he retires, you inherit his farm, which gives good crops every single year. You know it's a reliable farm. There's a lot of good stuff there. The ground is good. The ground produces good corn. Or... Instead of waiting for your dad to retire, 
You can go to another field that everybody says has a lot of potential, but it really has not delivered in the recent years. I'm, ta- I'm inheriting the good farm that I know is going to work. The Patriots is a great, that is a great, that's one of the pinnacle head coaching jobs in the NFL. Now think about this, going from an assistant coach to a head coach is an upgrade. You're going from good to better. But better isn't actually better when you could have the best. The Colts head coaching position is better than being an assistant coach. But the head coach of the Patriots is the best in that scenario. Between assistant coach, Colts head coach, Patriots head coach, the Patriots head coach is the best. Don't settle for better when you can have best. So, so why is a Patriots head coaching job the best in my opinion? Why? Well, here's why. They have an established culture of winning and they have a good owner. Yeah, what do you need to win in the NFL? You need a good owner, you need a good coach, and you need a good quarterback. And then defense is probably fourth in there. Receivers are like the last thing on the list, throwing that in there. The Patriots have built a culture where not only does the, cult, the coach matter, so they, the head coach matters of the New England Patriots, but they listen to the head coach. They pay attention, they believe in him, they trust him. The head coach of the Patriots matters. They've established a winning culture in New England. Now, what do they have in Indianapolis? They have a, a kind of wacky owner. They have a losing culture. And, and while everybody's criticizing Josh McDaniels, why aren't people more concerned about the Colts? Maybe the Colts are in trouble. Why are we assuming, oh, something's wrong with Josh McDaniels? Why could it be that something's wrong with the Indianapolis Colts? No one thought about that? No, no one considered that at all? Why, why do the Colts have the worst roster in the NFL? Why are the Colts atrocious everywhere, at every position? You know, last year, two years ago, sorry, the Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck, had a lacerated spleen. He did not play last season because he was injured at all. Not a single snap. He took a year off of football because he was hurt so badly. Because his offensive line was awful. And yet, two years after that injury, the Colts still do not have an offensive line. They still haven't solved the problem, which is their offensive line is terrible. I criticize the Seahawks all the time. The Seahawks have a terrible offensive line. Think the Seahawks offensive line on steroids, like far, far worse, like awful, atrocious. So bad that your quarterback is rupturing his spleen. Now to mention again, they have a crazy owner, a a losing culture in the recent years. The Colts are a mess. Why would you want to inherit that that messy situation when you can have the New England Patriots? Remember, better is not actually better if you can have the best. And the Patriots head coaching job is the best. And it's funny, people are saying, you know, Josh McDaniels burned all his bridges. The guy has no other options. You're telling me if in three years from now, Josh McDaniels still isn't the head coach of the Patriots, he won't have options. The guy can go wherever he wants. You know, you know, there's a story that Josh McDaniel's agent recently quit. Uh, the stupid little info that nobody seems to include at the bottom of the the bottom of the paper is that Josh McDaniel's agent was also Chris Ballard's agent. Yeah, Chris Ballard, the Chris Ballard, who's also the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. Josh McDaniel's will have the pick of the litter. Josh McDaniel's can go wherever he wants. But I will say an interesting wrinkle in all this is that the Patriots window will now be open for quite a while. 
I've talked about how, you know, the Steelers are getting old. And as, as both the Patriots and the Steelers age together, the Patriots have the Steelers number every single year. The Patriots are always beating the Steelers. Now, Andrew Luck's out of the picture because he doesn't have a good head coach. And the Texans are still a couple years away. The Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. Who in the AFC realistically challenges the Patriots next season besides maybe the Steelers? But again, they, they beat them every time. I'm telling you. There's a window of a couple years where the Patriots could be back in the Super Bowl over and over and over again before the AFC finally elevates and is able to compete with the Patriots. It, and again, it's interesting. Josh McDaniels chose to coach a 40-year-old Tom Brady instead of a younger 28-year-old Andrew Luck, who's in the prime of his career. Something may be wrong with Andrew Luck. Like, we're all ignoring the fact that uh, he didn't play at all last year, and a head coach decided, I don't want to play with Andrew. I don't want to coach Andrew Luck, a great, brilliant-seeming head coach. Hmm. Hmm, that's, that's concerning. Yet nobody's pointing that out. Nobody's saying something may be deeply wrong with Andrew Luck. Because why do they have a backup quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and they haven't tried to get rid of him. They haven't tried to trade him. They're keeping him on the roster because they don't trust that Andrew Luck is healthy. That's, that's my speculation. I don't know. I'm just saying that. Now, one more thought on, on Josh McDaniels before we take a break and then talk about the 49ers. When I bought a camera, I put a lot of time and a lot of thought into it. I looked at every camera on the market because I was conflicted. I was like, mm, you know, I don't know which camera I want. I wanted to make sure I did the right thing. And, and I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure when I bought a camera, I knew 100% without a doubt, that is a camera I want. Because I was spending a lot of money on it. I don't want to waste my time and money. In fact, when I buy a t-shirt, if I'm not certain I want to buy that t-shirt, I, I don't go home with it. Because I'm like, you know, if I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't do it. And if you're going to leave your job and go to another job, and you're not absolutely sure you're doing the right thing, don't do it. I mean, unless it's, but you know what I mean? If it's really that much money, if it's really that great a deal, you would know without a doubt. If you're uncertain and you have stability where you are, eh, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying don't take risks, but if Josh McDaniels felt like Nicole's job was weird and unsure, I, I found a camera once. It was 4K. It was about the same price as the camera I have now. It was like, I had all the bells and whistles, but it was a brand. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel good about. I really didn't trust it. And I, I came to college here and I met someone who bought that camera and it clunked out. It failed and it was awful. It had all these problems. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so glad I trusted my gut. And I bought the camera I knew was great. Instead of the camera, I was like, mm, I'm not sure about. Food for thought. Just saying. Maybe Josh McDaniels was like, you know, I don't, I don't trust the Colts. I don't think it's a great opportunity. It's not as good as people are making it out to be. It could be that situation where he said, you know, I'm not sure. And I'm going to stay where I know I can win and I know I will have a good life. Food for thought. All right, I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to go in depth. We're going to go sink our teeth very deep into the 49ers free agency situation. You guys ask me repeatedly to talk about it. I will give you what you want. You guys drive the show, not me. We talk about things you guys want to hear. I'm going to go in depth. What I would do as the 49ers in free agency, we're going to talk about why I believe LeBron James is the GOAT. And the Lakers were tampering. That's coming up next. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube, about four or five-minute videos. 
Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast, help me grow by sharing it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Reddit, wherever. If you understand Reddit, by the way, I have no idea about Reddit. So help me grow by sharing the link to this podcast with your friends. We got the 400 today. It was uh, yesterday. It was really exciting. Help me grow and continue to grow by telling your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. You know, it's funny. I used to lead in from breaks by going, all right, I am back. My name is Zach Schaumler. As if you had no idea what you were watching or something. This isn't the radio. I know. I'm gonna, when I do lead-ins now, I just jump in. This is the topic. Let's do it. You know I'm here. You hear my voice. You probably assume, hey, Zach Schaumler is probably back. He's probably done with his break from the podcast. I probably probably don't need to tell everybody, hey, I'm back, because you know exactly what you clicked on. We're on the internet. Things have evolved. I don't know why I did that, but, you know, whatever. We move on. We live our lives. Uh, John Lynch, the 49ers general manager, is doing a fantastic job running the show in San Francisco. I like him. I think he's fantastic, and I trust him. If I was a, if I was a 49ers fan, John Lynch is the guy I would want running the show for me. But you guys keep asking me, everybody watching this podcast keeps asking me to talk about the 49ers. So you guys drive the show. I talk about what you guys want me to talk about. So let's talk about the 49ers free agency. I believe the way to build a Super Bowl winning team is to first get a quarterback and then second, build your defense. Defense and quarterbacks. That's how you win a Super Bowl. Now, the first step was to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's a huge deal. Now you got to sign him. You got to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo. And by the way, that could be tomorrow. By the time this video could be out, that could have already happened. So Jimmy Garoppolo getting signed is going to happen, I think, any day now. The 49ers have tons of cap space, which means they have a lot of money to spend. Now, if I'm me, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo and if I'm the 49ers, I don't want to make Jimmy Garoppolo the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Now, here's why. I think he deserves it. He's great. He's a huge deal. He's the centerpiece of the 49ers franchise for years and years to come. But I think it's important to leave room to sign other players to your roster. If I'm the 49ers, and again, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, this is what I want. I want to be signed for a $20 million deal. Give me $20 million a year. You're up in the, you're in the upper middle uh, of quarterbacks in the NFL. You're getting paid incredibly well. $20 million a year. Give that to Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's why. If we're talking like $25 million versus $24 million, that $5 million could be a whole nother player. That could be a whole nother Pro Bowl player that helps you win games. And I want to win games. I'm making $20 million. I want to win games. And if we're talking $20 million versus $24 million, $25 million, that $5 million could go a lot longer way by signing another player. The next thing you've got to do, after you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, which, let's be honest, by the time this video is out, it may already happen. The next thing you have to do is solidify your defense. And there are two big needs everybody's talking about in the media. These are the two big needs the 49ers have. They need a guy to get to the quarterback, and they need to get a corner. They need to get help with pass coverage. So I think the way you do this is you solve one of them in free agency, and whichever one you don't solve in free agency, you solve through the NFL draft. And there are a lot of options. Here are the free agents that the 49ers could sign. Patrick Robinson, one of the Eagles' corners, appears to be becoming a free agent. Malcolm Butler, 
uh, of the New England Patriots. Seems like he's going to be a, a free agent with unrestricted free agent, which means he can go wherever he wants. And, and I love, I love Malcolm Butler. And he may want to leave because the New England Patriots, again, they completely left him out of the game on Sunday in the Super Bowl. He may want to leave New England. And Pierre Garçon, one of the receivers for San Francisco, has been recruiting him over Twitter. So Malcolm Butler may be a San Francisco 49er next season. Now, you need a guy to get to the quarterback, an edge rusher. Ziggy Ansah of the Lions is a great option. That's who I would go for if I was the 49ers. In 2015, this guy was a pro bowler. He's a big deal. He's been injured since. He's had a couple injury issues. Maybe he's done forever. But I take a chance. I go sign Ziggy Ansah, see if I can revitalize his career in San Francisco. Because if he's healthy, Ziggy Ansah is incredible. I really like Ziggy Ansah. You also have options through the draft. You could solve your problem of having needing a corner and a guy to get to the quarterback through the NFL draft. Now, the options here are, I like the NC State defensive end, Bradley Chubb. I also like Iowa's corner, Josh Jackson. There's also, since linebacker is a need For the San Francisco 49ers, I like Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. I think he's the safest bet because he's definitely still going to be there by the time the San Francisco 49ers draft. I like Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think it's unrealistic to believe Minka Fitzpatrick will still be around by the time the 49ers draft in the NFL draft. The point is, you want to get starters. You want to get guys who can play next season and start for your defense next season in the NFL. And now, some combination of a corner, a defensive end, and maybe a linebacker if you can. The optimal uh, combination, this is like the best case scenario, is you can sign Ziggy Ansah from the Lions, you can sign the corner Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, and then get Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech in the NFL draft. Then you get three guys who can start for your defense next season. Now, that may be wishful thinking. Bradley Chubb may not happen. I don't know. Another, another option I like is you sign Ziggy Ansah and they get Josh Jackson in the NFL draft. The point is, get guys who can contribute immediately next season on defense this offseason. That is the plan. Now, I don't know if you realize, signing Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, this is an obvious statement. Everybody knows this, but signing Jimmy Garoppolo helped the 49ers so much for so many reasons. For, first of all, I think the 49ers have a solid foundation at wide receiver. Everybody's saying the 49ers need to get wide receivers. And here's why Jimmy Garoppolo helps the 49ers so much. Jimmy Garoppolo is inherently going to attract good wide receivers. Wide receivers want to play with a good quarterback because they know having a good quarterback helps make them look good. Wide receivers are attracted to good quarterbacks like a moth is attracted to a light. It's uncanny. So I think the 49ers already have a good solid foundation at wide receiver, and I think they're naturally going to get a lot of help because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's talk about that foundation because I like the 49ers' current wide receivers in place. They have Pierre Garçon. He'll be back from an injury. He's awesome. They have Marquise Goodwin. He's, He's great. I like him. He's solid. He's a starter. And Trent Taylor... The 49ers wide receiver is one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. I love him. He's scrappy. He's a workhorse. He's fantastic. Now, here again, here's the benefit of having Jimmy Garoppolo. John Brown, a former Cardinals wide receiver who will now be a free agent, said Jimmy Garoppolo is the next Tom Brady. Wide receivers around the NFL are keenly aware 
how good Jimmy Garoppolo is. They want to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. Golden Tate, a current wide receiver who will not be a free agent this year. He's got one more year on his contract, was talking about how he would love to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, having a wide receiver will attract, naturally will attract wide receivers. One option I like in free agent that's a wide receiver is Brandon Coleman from the Saints. He's 6'6", 220. He's a huge target. He fits in great in the 49ers offense with Kyle Shanahan. Now, he is in New Orleans, and the, the trick is, why would he leave New Orleans to go to the 49ers? I think it really comes down to money, honestly. But a reason he may pick the 49ers is Drew Brees has probably, what, three, four years left? Jimmy Garoppolo has probably 10. I would go with the guy who's got a longer career. So it's possible the 49ers may be able to get Brandon Coleman in free agency. If they can, that's a huge get, and that would be a huge signing. I I like that a lot. Now, the next problem you have to solve in free agency is you need to get more offensive linemen. The 49ers have a guy named Joe Staley. He's fantastic. I love him. He's a great tackle, but he will be 34 years old next season. And I don't don't like that. Now, guard is also an issue for the 49ers. Here's what I would do if I'm the 49ers. I would draft a lineman in the second, third, or fourth round. I would find a guy who can be your future. I'm not not assuming that a a guy you draft in free agency will be a starter right away. It doesn't happen. NFL and college are far too different. But you can get a lineman now and prepare him for the future when Joe Staley eventually retires. Because I don't trust a rookie to start next year, you do need to go get a free agent guard because I think guard is a big problem for the 49ers. You need to help your offensive line. One of the guards I like is a guy named Andrew Norwell. Everybody kind of around the league likes him. Andrew Norwell, a guard from the Panthers. That's who I would target in free agency if I am the San Francisco 49ers. The point is you got to get someone who can play next season. You need a guard. Go get a guard who can start for you next season. If you're not, if he can't play next season and can't start right away, you're wasting your money. Okay, now running back. Running back is a position, I know this is an unpopular opinion. I know that, but I don't think the 49ers need a new running back. Maybe just me, but I, I'm not done with Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde still has some in him. I would resign him, I'd bring him back. I think to be successful... A running back needs a good offensive line and needs a good quarterback. It's hard to be successful when you can't, there's no, if they can just play the run and they know the quarterback won't be successful, you're not going to get a lot of carries and a lot of yards at running back. And if your offensive line is garbage, it doesn't matter. You ever watched Ezekiel Elliott? The holes he runs through are, are, you could drive a truck through the holes that Ezekiel Elliott runs through. You need a good offensive line and you need a quarterback who's an actual threat to throw the ball. And, and, and Carlos Hyde wasn't bad. I give Carlos Hyde another chance. He played great against the Jaguars. And I really think he's as good as anybody else. He's as good as any other option you can bring in for the San Francisco 49ers. I like Carlos Hyde a lot. I think he's, he stay, I would bring, I would bring him back. Now, tight end. Tight end is another position that's been thrown around. I don't know why. I really don't. I mean, if you can sign... I, I love the 49ers tight ends. I think they're great. Obviously, if you can sign either Tyler Eifert or Jimmy Garoppolo, go for it. I mean, for any team in the NFL, that would be an upgrade. But I, I like, I mean, we have we have George Kittle. We, whatever. We the, the 49ers have George Kittle, Garrett Selleck. George Kittle's 24. Garrett Selleck is 29. 
These are guys who have a lot of years left. And and George Kittle, especially 24 years old, he has years to grow and a lot of time to improve. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to significantly elevate those two tight ends. Unless you can get Tyler Eifert to Jimmy Graham, the 49ers are set. They have good tight ends. I don't see that as a, a problem position you need to go fill. The point is, sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Build your defense. Go get a pass rusher. Go get a guy who can play corner. And make sure you get guys who can contribute. Go find people this year in free agency in the draft who can start for the 49ers next season. If you don't sign a guy who can start, you're wasting your money. It's a point. It's pointless. Elevate your defense by going to find starters. Again, I think receivers will come. Receivers are going to want to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. They will naturally be attracted to the 49ers. All right, let's move on. I referenced earlier Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Um, It's a, you know, I loved it when I was a kid. Star Wars The Phantom Menace was one of my favorite movies as a kid. And then much later in my older years, I watched it and I realized, ooh, this is not as good as I remember. I had a thing called nostalgia, which means I remember it being so much better than it was. When I was a kid, it was great. And now Star Wars Phantom Menace is like, Ooh, I don't, I don't like that movie at all. It's, it's, a, it's a trash. So what we, we did the same thing with Michael Jordan. We look back at Michael Jordan with this childhood-like nostalgia where because we saw him, because you, most people, especially older than me, that grew up with Michael Jordan, they remember him as this great, you know, be like Mike, and they remember all the Nike commercials and this and that. And I think their perspective is skewed just a little bit because of that childhood nostalgia. Remember, Michael Jordan had issues. Michael Jordan had significant issues. Michael Jordan once punched a teammate. And if that happened today in the era of social media, can you imagine if LeBron James or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant punched one of their teammates? It'd be all over Twitter. We would never, ever consider that. We would forever, that would be a stain on their career. Kind of the way Terrell Owens was held out of the Hall of Fame. It'd be like, you have problems. You don't work well with people. That would always be a stain on Michael Jordan's career if he played today. But it's not because he didn't play in the era of social media. Don't forget, I mean, Michael Jordan was flawed. He was, he was crazy with gambling. He's got all these weird clicks and flaws. So earlier tonight, LeBron James missed a game winner at the end of regulation. And Twitter exploded. Everybody went crazy. I got text after text. I got, I got five texts from my friends. And they were like, LeBron James is not Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would never have missed a game winner like that. LeBron sucks. I got that everywhere. Well, by the way, later in overtime, in that same game, because they went to overtime, with seven seconds left, the game was tied 138 to 138. Seven seconds left. The Timberwolves have the ball. Jimmy Butler drives. He goes up to score. LeBron James comes and blocks it and denies him. With two seconds left, LeBron James shoots and scores the game-winning shot. He made a game-winner. I think there was 0.3 seconds left on the, the clock. And what's funny is everybody was so quick to jump on LeBron James. He would never, Michael Jordan would never miss a game-winner. When basically LeBron James closed, did, he closed out that game all by himself. And remember that thing called nostalgia? We forget Michael Jordan had flaws too. Michael Jordan did not hit every game winner. In fact, Michael Jordan often missed game winners. It happened. Believe it or not, look back in history. Michael Jordan missed game-winning shots. Look at the 1991 NBA Finals Game 1. 
or the 1992 NBA Finals Game 2, the 1997 NBA Finals Game 4, the 1998 NBA Finals Game 5. Miss, 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 miss. At the end of a game in critical moments, Michael Jordan missed shots. Don't misremember things. He was not perfect. He was not some god who had no flaws. Michael Jordan was human. He had issues and had flaws. And what's funny is people always say they try to discredit LeBron James. They try to take away from his greatness. People say, well, LeBron James needed help. LeBron James had to go other places and get help from other players to win championships. As if Michael Jordan never had help. Are you kidding me? Michael Jordan. See, LeBron James has never had a legendary coach. Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson the triangle offense. He had Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen. Oh, by the way, he also played with Steve Kerr, who I know is not a Hall of Fame player, probably, but he's a great player. He was a really good player. Michael Jordan had a lot of help. Don't misremember that. And then what's weird is we punish LeBron James for losing in the NBA Finals. LeBron James is 3-5 and five in the NBA Finals. Michael Jordan is 6-0. and oh. Michael Jordan never lost in the NBA Finals, and that's a stain on LeBron James' record. Uh, if you don't lose in the finals, it means either, either you won the finals. And if you didn't, if what I'm saying is the perfect record in the finals is a little bit skewed because remember, if he wasn't in the finals, it's because he lost earlier in the year. Either way, your season ended with a loss. So if you don't win the finals, maybe your record's perfect, but the other years, the years outside of that, your season's still lost. In fact, you lost before you even made it to the finals. So in 1985, Michael Jordan lost in round one to the bucket to the Milwaukee Bucks. In 1986, he got swept by the Celtics in the first round. 1987, swept again by the Celtics in the first round. 1988, round two, lost to the Pistons 4-1. to 1989, again lost in the second round of the playoffs to the Pistons, this time 4-2. to And in 1990, he lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Pistons again in seven games. Michael Jordan lost a ton of games. Michael Jordan's season ended with a loss often, just like LeBron James. The difference is LeBron James lost in the finals. Michael Jordan lost before he could even make it into the finals. So punishing LeBron James for losing finals is dumb. I don't, I don't like that at all. Now, the argument that works, LeBron James has three rings. Michael Jordan has six. Fine. If you want to make it all about championships, great. Hey, that's fine. You know, I, I would I would argue that people earlier than that won more championships. I think Bill Bill Russell, one of those guys, has twelve, but he played a different NBA. So I'll give. If you want to make it just about rings, then fine. Michael Jordan, therefore, is the greatest basketball player of all time. But let's say it's not. Let's say there's other things that go into it. LeBron James is going to finish with more points, more assists, more rebounds, more steals. He he's not. And by the way, for a guy who's not a scorer. People don't think of LeBron James as a guy who takes the game-winning shot. He's not a scorer in a lot of people's opinions. LeBron James has over 30,000 career points. He's one of only eight other, seven other guys, and availability matters. So LeBron James, better statistically, and he's never been injured. He's never taken time off in a season. Remember, Michael Jordan left basketball altogether to go play baseball. LeBron James would never do that. LeBron James has never, ever missed time. He's never been injured. He takes a game off here or there, but the guy's never injured. I, I looked at Twitter today, and I saw Christian Porzingis got injured. 
And what's funny is, you know, on the all-star team, Porzingis is injured, Kevin Love, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. It seems like every, whether it's the all-star team, his actual team in Cleveland, wherever LeBron James goes, he's always dealing with people who are injured around him. And yet, LeBron James has never dealt with injuries himself. Availability matters. LeBron James has been more available than Michael Jordan was in his career. I'm not trying to change your mind. I know people are set in their ways. They will never, ever believe that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time because they're so, they're so stuck on their ways. They've got all this nostalgia that, LeBron, that Michael Jordan is the greatest. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just pointing out, you guys are wearing rose-tinted glasses. Your perspective is skewed because of a marketing campaign called Be Like Mike and your, your childhood memories of Michael Jordan dominating at the end of games. Let go of your childhood Michael Jordan had flaws. He wasn't perfect like everyone makes it out to be. In my opinion, Michael Jordan is not as good as LeBron. Sorry, they're close. They're like they're like 1A, 1B, but I go LeBron James. If I'm starting a franchise tomorrow, the guy I want is LeBron James. He's a better teammate, better all-around basketball player, better stats. He's more available. He's never injured. I choose LeBron James over Michael Jordan. And by the way, don't forget... LeBron James has had so much pressure. LeBron James was the chosen one, the guy who had all this pressure, and yet he exceeded expectations. When I when I try to explain what makes a movie good, if a movie can exceed your expectations, like you like, uh, I'm trying to think. Star Wars: The Last, uh, The Force Awakens, number episode seven. Everybody's like, oh, it's Star Wars. It's gonna be. It's got to be good. It's got to be good, and it exceeded expectations in my opinion. If a movie can do that, that is the mark of a great movie. And LeBron James has not only met our expectations, which were incredibly high, he exceeded our expectations and then some. It's incredible. LeBron James, in my opinion, greatest basketball player of all time. All right, let's talk about the Redskins. The Redskins, we have three stories left. The Redskins are weird. So the Redskins refused to sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal, which is funny because... In the Redskins' opinion, he's not worth a lot of money, and the Redskins don't seem to think he's very good because they don't want him, so they traded for Alex Smith. But what's funny about all of this, what I'm, what I'm saying it's funny, here's what the Redskins have decided recently to do. The rumor is they have decided they don't want Kirk Cousins to walk away for free. They're like, if we're going to lose Kirk Cousins, we're going to get something for him. So the rumor is that the Redskins are going to franchise tag Kirk Cousins. Because they're going to use him, they're going to get him on the roster, then they're going to trade him away to get some value for him while they still can. I hate this. This is so ridiculous. If this is true, this is so dumb. Let Kirk Cousins be free. You've tortured the poor guy enough. You've held him hostage for years. You've, you've franchise tagged Kirk Cousins twice. Don't do it again. Let the guy go. Pick whatever team he wants. Please stop controlling Kirk Cousins' destiny. And what the weirdest part about all this is, you know, the Redskins say they don't want him. They're, he's not worth the money, and we don't want to. We don't want to do much. We don't want to give up much for to have Kirk Cousins. So why should you? Like that's that's like saying the Redskins franchise tagging Kirk Cousins so they can trade him. It's like spitting out a cookie and then trying to sell it to one of your friends. It's like I don't want it, but you know, you should have it and you should pay a lot for it. What? The mindset makes no sense. I know the market for Kirk Cousins is incredibly high, but trying to pawn him off and. It's cheap, it's greedy, I don't like it, and I really hope it blows up in the Redskins' face. I just, it's like, ugh, I, I don't want it, but 
I'll sell it to you for like a million dollars. It's like, no way. What the heck? No, it's ridiculous. So I, I'm getting increasingly annoyed with the Redskins. Again, the Redskins franchise tagging Kirk Cousins so they can trade him. It's like spitting out a cookie and then trying to sell it to your friends. <laughs> I don't want it, but you should take it. Yeah, you should really have this. This cookie's fantastic. Even though I hated it and I spit it out, you should buy it from me for $5 because it's really good. No, that's ridiculous and stupid. Two more stories left. Uh, the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, was traded from the Texas Rangers to the New York Yankees. Yes, baseball. A quarterback traded in baseball. It's weird. Now, this is mostly silliness. The Yankees, and this will be brief, do have the rights to Russell Wilson's baseball contract, which means that Russell Wilson will be briefly in camp for the New York Yankees. And I think the reason for this is that Russell Wilson wants to stay tied to baseball. He likes he played baseball in college. He wants to be around it. Uh, and I think it's good for the Yankees. It makes them look good. It's a good PR move. Now, what got me thinking about this is that could a quarterback ever be a two-sport athlete? No. No, we could not. Because a quarterback is too demanding. You spread yourself too thin. A guy like Bo Jackson, a guy who, who's an athlete, who plays an incredibly... A guy like that, can he can, he can work all offseason. He can hone his skills in baseball and then go be a beast on the football field. But, but I just... That could not work for a quarterback. It's too mental. I, I think it, it's too demanding of your time. I don't think a two-sport quarterback could ever work in the NFL. But it was funny. It was an interesting story. The last story I want to talk about is it's a much more interesting story. The NBA fined the Los Angeles Lakers $50,000 for tampering. So Magic Johnson, the president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, was praising the Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis or the Greek Freaks the other day. And what Magic Johnson said was, he said, Giannis puts Milwaukee on the map. He will bring a championship to Milwaukee one day. Again, this, this statement saying that, I, saying that Giannis was going to put Milwaukee on the map and bring them a championship. That statement prompted the NBA to fine the Los Angeles Lakers $50,000 for tampering. And that is so stupid for so many reasons. First of all, if the NBA does not want Magic Johnson sharing his opinions, they should tell him don't do interviews. If you sharing your opinion is bad, then tell him not to do interviews because that's ridiculous and stupid. Now, my question is, does the NBA just not like that the Lakers have a celebrity running their franchise? Does the NBA hate Magic Johnson? Like, what is the problem here? I don't understand. Everything Magic Johnson said was inconsequential. Notice everything he said was under the context of Giannis being in Milwaukee, playing for Milwaukee. He said he will put Milwaukee on the map. He will win them. Not me. He will win them a championship. Maybe if he'd said, you know, we'd love to have Giannis. That'd be great. Then maybe that'd be a problem. But even then, even that, that wouldn't be that bad. I really don't believe it. Because let's be honest. Every team in the NBA wants to have Giannis. Giannis is on his way to being a superstar. It would be disingenuous to say, nah, we don't want Giannis on our team. That's ridiculous. That's like saying, you know, I don't want this fantastic sports car for free. Of course you want it. By the way, Magic Johnson's comments did not bother the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks posted on Instagram. I'll put it up right now. The Bucks posted on Instagram quoting Magic Johnson 
It's the Bucks were like fine with it. They thought it was great. They were proud of what Magic Johnson said about their star. The Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks. I always want to call them the Buccaneers. The Milwaukee Bucks were incredibly proud of what Magic Johnson said about their superstar. Nobody was bothered. This is a, such a ridiculous overreaction by the NBA. Now, my only thought is that maybe, you know, people are always saying there's a ton of tampering that goes on in the NBA that they can't track. Maybe the NBA believes that Magic Johnson did something they can't prove. And in that case, maybe they're using this as a scapegoat. They're saying, we can pin this on him. We know he did this. We'll, we'll find him for that, even though it's really the problem is something else. They just can't prove it. That could be possible. But either way, the NBA fining the Lakers $50,000 seems completely unjustified to me. All right, my name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on Facebook. Sorry, what, what am I talking about? You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on Instagram. Not Instagram. I got to get this right. What the heck? I've never done this before. It's kind of funny. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Please help me grow Strong Opinion Sports by telling your friends about this podcast. If you like it, share a link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you can figure out Reddit, that'd be awesome. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. It would mean a lot to me, and it would help me grow this podcast. Once again, um, tomorrow is the two-year anniversary anniversary of the death of my younger brother. And it... uh meant a lot to me. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts or depression or anything, you can always reach out to me. It's a topic that means a ton to me. My goal uh, is to prevent suicide from happening. I don't like it. It's awful. It's terrible. If you're struggling with that, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I will be there for you. I will help you out. And really, if you can, I'm great. I'll help you. But go to people you trust. Go find family members. Go find someone who's really in your life and knows you. That's really the goal. But if you have no one else, reach out to me. I want to be there for you. I want to prevent suicide from happening. And Zane, my younger brother Zane, I will miss you forever and always. Uh, Zane Schaumler, my younger brother, changed my life. He's the reason I do all this, this dumb podcast. And not dumb, it's my favorite thing in the world. But it's, it's why I do this. It's why I decided I want to leave a career I probably would hate. I hated finance. I didn't like that at all. And now I'm pursuing something I really, I care about and I'm passionate about. And I'm so grateful. Again, we got to 400 subscribers the other day. It was so cool. And that's thanks to you guys paying attention for watching and listening It's my favorite thing in the world. I love strong opinion sports. And again, thank you so very much for helping me out on this journey. And Zane, wherever you are, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know what I believe. So um, I just, Zane had a huge impact on my life. And I'm really grateful uh, for everything he did for me and for the impact he left behind. And I hopefully honor Zane every day with my actions uh, of just working incredibly hard, chasing my dreams and doing things I love every day. Life is short. I want to enjoy my life. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Zach Schaumler. Have a great day, everybody, and uh, we'll talk again on Friday. Ba-dum-bum-bam, we're done.